Surprise! <laughs> Hello. It's not Thursday. It is Monday or Sunday, or it depends what day you're listening to the show. <laughs> Basically, what Brooke is trying to say is that this is a... Bonus episode. The first ever bonus episode. It is. It's a momentous occasion. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great episode. And it's a return guest. It is, yes. It's my second return guest, um, Mr. Joshua Becker. For very good reason. He is, yeah. So we don't, as you know, we don't normally produce two shows a week. We might like to in the future, but at the moment it's just a a weekly gig. Uh, But I've got... I've brought Joshua in for a specific reason uh, on the 1st of November, which is the day that this this show goes out. Joshua and his wife have just launched their own charity called The Hope Effect, and they're working to build or to revolutionise orphan care and build homes for for children who need homes. Um, It's something that Joshua has been speaking to a whole heap of people about, including myself, for quite a few months. And I really felt strongly about what he was doing and I really wanted to give him the opportunity to talk to people at length about what he's doing and why and how they can get involved. So where, where are the homes being built? Uh, they're working initially in uh, Honduras and then I believe they're looking to, to shift their focus to Mexico. But for the pilot program, they're working with a group who have already started to do this kind of work uh, in Honduras and then... Uh, Mexico wants the, the the land and systems and things are all in place. Okay. So in the episode, Joshua talks about the reason why he's doing it and also how it came about. He does, yeah. He, he He's really kind of open and honest and generous with that story and his, his kind of reasons and his family's reasons for, for doing this. And um, also where I guess the the drive to, to think more expansively and in terms of what he can do and his family can do to help help people who need it and I just some of the stats that he shares I had absolutely no idea that things were as difficult and dire in in many many children's lives like I just had no idea and um, he's certainly doing a lot to raise awareness of it as well so while of course what we would like is for people to contribute financially to these campaigns if they can it's also just a matter of understanding the challenges that these 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 kids particularly face and just start the conversation you know i think awareness is a huge part of of starting to make change and joshua talks a little bit about why change is actually needed in you know the way the world looks after orphans and cares for them and then sends them out into the world once they they grow into adults um, and just you know he's he's obviously incredibly passionate about it it's it's a really cool thing to to watch unfold so apart from being a huge fan of joshua's which i know you are and um he's influenced a lot of the the journey that we've both been on what why do you think listeners will be interested in this episode um well i mean specifically he talks about how when he he and his wife first became minimalists you know, they were start. They were like most of us. They started to think about how it would impact themselves in terms of their house being less cluttered. Maybe their cost of living might go down. All of that sort of stuff. But he didn't ever really consider the impact that that would have on his 
worldview. And that's something that I hear time and time again when I talk to people, you know, who have been through a similar kind of change. They start to think more expansively and more um, compassionately. And it's just a really, really beautiful kind of journey, I guess, that he, he goes on. But yeah, I think to just to get an understanding of how your, your worldview can change and your mindset can shift, even from making these seemingly really small and simple changes, over time it changes everything. So if you're near a computer or listening to this podcast on a computer, where can people go to, to find out or to firstly donate and find out more? Um, so I've actually set up, uh, we've, we're running a campaign uh, called Homes for the Holidays, which is something that Joshua explains in our, in our chat. But uh, so, so to contribute to that or to find out a bit more, you can go to my.hopeeffect.com slash slow. Uh, that's for, for that specific campaign. Or if you just wanted to find out more about what they're doing and how you can get involved personally, because there's, there's also an opportunity for people to set up their own campaign pages and start their own fundraising efforts. Um, you can go to hopeeffect.com and that's where all of the information is. Very cool. Show notes to this podcast. You can find them at uh, slowyourhome.com forward slash 33. And, um, yeah, we'll just have links to, to all of the social media, Hope Effects all over social media as well, and, uh, of course, the website and campaign page. Great. And do you have a solution for the rumbling tummy that I've got at the moment? <laughs> Which I'm sure is audible. Um, nope. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for your help. Um, it's okay. I'm not sure what I helped you with, but you're welcome. And uh, yeah, enjoy the the bonus podcast with Mr. Joshua Becker. Joshua. Well, hello to you, Brooke. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, just wonderful. Very excited. So good to have you back. You're my second repeat guest. Yeah. Hooray. That means I didn't strike out too badly the first time, huh? didn't suck. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Or you were really desperate for guests, one of the two. No, no, that's not it. (laughs) Um, So you're well? Yeah, I'm uh I'm doing really well. It's been um it's been a busy year, uh but um things have finally I don't know starting to wrap up a, a little bit as far as preparation work and some of the things I've been working on, so it'll be exciting to release some of the stuff into the world. I'm really ex- I mean, this is a, this is a special bonus episode. Um you're the first bonus episode guest. Uh and I've brought you on to talk, I mean, just to talk to you because I like talking to you. But also you're working on something specific that I really want to introduce people to. And I think it's a timely time of year to do that. Um, Tell me about the hope effect. The hope effect is a nonprofit organization uh, that we first had the idea for last November. 
Uh, and we have spent the last 11 months preparing and getting ready to launch and release into the world. Um, our, our mission is to change how the world cares for orphans. Um, we thought, hey, if we're going to do something, let's, let's dream big and, and let's try and solve a, a significant problem. Um, I'm happy to talk any, any backstory as to how we, how we arrived on this problem and, and how we got there. But, um, the, the basic idea of, of what we're trying to do is there's, there's actually, uh, decades of research, um, on, traditional orphanages or how, how most third world countries at least um, care for orphans and um, how, you know, the the typical orphanage that we think of with 20 or 30 kids and two or three adults that, that the, the research we've, we've known for years is that this is um, actually pretty harmful um, to kids just because they don't get this interpersonal interaction and, uh, and attention that uh, the kids would in a, in a typical family with, with much smaller um, adult-to-kids ratios. And so these kids fall behind in all sorts of, of uh, human development. And, and uh, as they age out of these orphanages, they, um, the statistics are like 80 to 90 percent more likely to end up homeless or in prostitution or uh, incarcerated. So we're, we're hoping to uh, bring about this new model and, um, and introduce more and more people to it and, and um, use it as a way to, I would say, mimic the family a little bit more in our orphan care solutions. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about because, I mean, what you're doing, you're really revolutionizing the way orphans are cared for because you're, you're kind of building this family unit. Um, can you tell me a bit about the the style of um, style is the right word, but um, yep. the model I guess that you guys are, are going to be building? Yeah, the the easiest way to to mentally picture um, what we're hoping to build uh, rather than an orphanage or uh, hoping to build a, an, an orphan care community, uh, one that would you know feature like a, a featured administrative building it's like an, an office type building and then surround it with these smaller housing units each that would house eight orphans and two adults uh, and so in this way each of those units functions as its own individual family uh, kids live in a family environment. Uh, they, uh, again, just receive this attention that the kids would in a, in a um, traditional family. Um, also, they, they get a, just a picture, like just a mental idea of what a family looks like and, and how a family functions for when they age out and they uh, start families of their own. Um, so that's the, the general idea of it. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a strategy that says... Um, you know what? We're we're going to focus on less kids, um, but we're going to do as as well a job as we possibly can, uh, and and we're not going to see how many kids we can put in in one building for the cheap amount of money. But let's say, okay, if if we're really going to raise kids, if we're really going to you know treat kids like like they would in a family, what does that look like, and and how do we accomplish that? And I think that's. Um that's just the, the the impact of community and family and those bonds like that can't be overstated um particularly and this is something you shared with me when we've spoken about this before a, a huge percentage of children in orphanages are never adopted so to uh you know to to introduce them to that sense of community and family is so important because in the vast majority of cases they won't get to experience that in any other way until they you know, reach an age where they might go and start their own family. But 
you know, to have that that foundation. I, I mean, that just blew my mind to re- to realize how many children are never adopted. It's uh, it's around one percent, one percent of of children worldwide um, that that ever end up getting adopted, and uh, that was the statistic that that really turned the corner for us. My my wife was adopted. Um, essentially left at the left at the hospital um here in the states she was adopted by a, a family from nebraska um and so our first um our first heart or our, our first passion was okay how do we come alongside adoption and and how do we make this work and and how do we come alongside people um but it wasn't until we we heard the stat about 1% mm-hmm. of orphans ever get adopted that we said man how we care for those orphans matters um, because that's just the reality of the situation. So while uh, adoption is the is the goal, um, or even probably the long term goal, is how do you equip an educated community to care for their own orphans? That's the, that's a long term goal. But in the short term, how how we care for orphans that are um, already here matter, and um, so that's what really I, I think spurred our heart towards um, doing something that we're doing today. Oh, it's just it's just. It, it's it's you can't overstate how important it is. Can can we go back? Uh, so you mentioned that your wife was adopted. So you guys have, um, you know, you have a heart investment in the issue of adoption. But also, what um, prompted you to start the Hope Effect? I mean, you you've spoken to me a little bit about it. Uh, you know, you you realized that you were secure and safe and and financially doing fine, and you wanted to expand, you know, the impact that you had. So um, I guess my question is, you know, you're known for becoming minimalist. You've, you've made a really wonderful impact on people's lives in that way. And has that journey to simplifying your life and living more intentionally played as a significant role in you taking this, this direction with life? Yeah, I, I mean, I would trace it all back to I would track it all back to my decision seven or eight years ago to minimize possessions and and to own less stuff and um, and and the the benefits that I began experiencing from owning less that that began to shape and change my my consumeristic habits and so not only did I I need less money to house my things. So we moved into a smaller home and, and saved money, you know, mortgage payment wise, but I, I wasn't spending on, on more and more things. Uh, it began to change my, my view of money. If, if I was stable and secure and I'm, I'm living on less and I, I don't have a desire to upscale my life into a nicer home and a neighborhood with a gate, you know, or a more luxurious car, like, like those, once those pursuits were removed from, from my thinking, suddenly this whole world of opportunity opens up to me of, okay, what am I going to do with, with my excess? What am I going to do with the extra money that, that I have considering all of my needs have been met and I'm not trying to, uh, not trying to upscale in that way. And so the, like the hope effect story starts with a starts with a book deal that that came about last fall, um, just some some unexpected income that that we didn't um, expect to have come in. Uh, meanwhile, what I've already been doing online it has already supported my my lifestyle for for years, and we don't see any reason that that's going to change. So, 
my whole idea of excess money and what I could do with it and where I'm going to find fulfillment and joy with it has changed. Um, this, uh, this sum of money appears and, and, uh, we said, what problem can we solve in the world? Like, like that's where we're going to find real meaning. And, and that's where we're going to find real security. Even, uh, I've never felt so secure in my finances after, after using it to, to solve problems. I think that's, um, it's really interesting that once I mean, minimizing, simplifying, whatever you want to call it, is a really individual, you know, small family-sized kind of journey. But what I hear from people and have experienced myself time and time again is as you begin to get rid of the, the stuff and the clutter, physical, emotional, mental, your worldview often starts to expand and you start to think about where can you make a difference and what 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 impact can you have you know be it in your community or in the wider the wider world like what you're doing i think it's it's just really interesting to see how once we get out of the the way of all of this stuff that we're told we need to have we actually recognize that we can do so much more and i and i think that comes from a variety of of places um as we began minimizing we we found ourselves forced to ask questions about what do we want our life to be about what do we want to accomplish with our life and um because you just don't know what you need to keep until you know what you want to accomplish and so we were forced to ask some of those questions of of values which which began shaping our our heart in certain ways and helping us realize different passions that we had that we didn't even know were there um but uh, additionally i i like to talk about our um our pursuit of happiness begins to change, and and we once we stop thinking that we're going to find happiness in possessions, once we stop thinking we're going to find happiness in extra zeros on a bank account, we are free to start looking elsewhere. And so we begin looking. Maybe we're looking for happiness in travel, or maybe we're looking for happiness in early retirement, or we're looking for happiness in in a new career, right? And 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 maybe we we find in travel, maybe we don't find it in travel, but at least we're free to look there. And if we realize it's not there, then okay, maybe I'm going to look over here. Maybe I'm going to look over there. But when we constantly look for pursuit, when we constantly pursue happiness in a place that's never going to deliver it, we're never able to overcome that initial um, desire and begin to even chase it in other places. Yeah, and there's also that that idea of legacy that you touched on as well. You know, I think that's a huge part of simplifying and and getting living a more intentional life is figuring out what do I want my legacy to be both you know I've written about it in a physical sense we don't want our legacy to be a house full of crap for our kids to go through when we pass away but um, you know also in terms of a a greater sense what could we do what could we leave behind and uh, you know it sounds like you guys have really spent a lot of time thinking about that and you know reflecting on how you can best use what you have at, at hand, which is, you know, a platform. You've got people who want to listen to what you have to say. You're also in a financial position that you want to share, you know, the windfall of the book deal and, and start to make an impact on the world. I think, um, yeah, the, like that's that's phenomenal. I, I, I agree. And yet it's not a – like I never dreamt – seven or eight years ago when I realized I had too much stuff in my garage that what what that would eventually lead to. And <laughs> I you know, I, I knew people that started nonprofits or I would, you know, hear of a different nonprofit that was doing and be like, wow, that's pretty amazing work. How does that ever happen? You know, I could never I could never do that. I 
I never dreamt this is this is something that I would be doing with my life. But as as we freed up the space and as we freed up the resources, both the the financial and the time and the energy, um, suddenly this became a reality that was within grasp. And I, you know, I, I I don't know how to I don't know how to say it any different other than I'm like I don't think of myself special in any way. I, I just think of it as. I had the time and I had the capacity and this is something that I wanted to do. And I think it's something that, that anyone could, could do and, and, um, could get started. But it, you know, it's not the call for everyone. Not everyone's going to do it, but, uh, but still it's, um, I think just a reminder that we can accomplish far more good in this world than we ever realize, uh, once we begin focusing on it. Exactly. And that's what I, I love about the way you're structuring it and, the, and what you're asking people to do to get involved. Uh, there's lots of different campaigns that people can get involved in, in in helping to raise funds. But specifically the one that I wanted to talk to you about today was um, this campaign called Homes for the Holidays. And I, I love this because so often I talk to people who struggle with the idea of gift giving over, you know, over the Christmas season and how they can maybe – make a more meaningful contribution. I've spoken, I've had a couple of episodes of the the podcast where I talk to people who have done away with gift giving for adults and instead pull all that money into a, you know, a charitable donation. And that's basically what you're asking people to consider this year for the Hope Effect and Homes for the Holidays is to kind of forego some of those gifts that maybe aren't necessary and look to, to donate some of that money to, to you guys is, um, is that something that that you guys do as well? Do you give a, a charitable kind of gift in, in lieu of physical gifts? Or uh, it is uh, it is something that I have done in the past that that I have uh, requested. Um, I'm I'm not one. I, I think <clears throat> I don't know if I'm a little different in this than, than other people, but I, um, I I think the idea of a gift is that that we would give something that that another person desires, uh, another person wants. And I, and I don't always think that, you know, the, the holiday season is the time to, to make your point about minimalism. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if your mother-in-law wants, wants a new purse, then, you know, I'll, I'll, um, happily find a a new purse for, for my mother-in-law. But personally for me, um, I have done this for birthdays in the past where like, I don't, I don't need anything. I I don't want anything, Uh, but there's people that still want to, express their love and show their appreciation. And, and, uh, I said, look, this is what I, this is what I want this year. I want you to help me, you know, build, um, you know, drill for clean water in, in Africa. I want to help come alongside this and, and help solve this problem. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a win-win, you know, the, like you get the emails and, and I get the emails and, uh, you know, constantly, how do I, how do I overcome this holiday clutter and, how do I redirect my in-laws from the gifts that they give? And um, I, I just thought this is a you know pretty good opportunity for someone to say, "Hey, I, I don't want you know another sweater for my drawer. I, I don't want more clutter in my closet. Why don't you help me? You know, rather than buying me something that I may or may not want, you know, why don't you help me meet someone else's need and and help me fund uh, the the construction of an orphanage or the um, the ongoing process of of um, education and, and feeding uh, orphans. So why don't you help me provide homes for the holidays is uh, where the idea for the campaign came from. Uh, and I just, I just love it. And I agree with you. It's not necessarily the, you know, the best time to have that conversation, particularly when people have done what they've done for a long time. 
but I do know of a lot of families who, are, who have all kind of come to the same conclusion. They're thinking none of us need anything, none of us really want for anything, but we, we enjoy the, the process of sitting down and maybe showing love in some capacity. You know, my family has always given World Vision vouchers as part of their gift giving, you know, even if it's something like giving a family a goat voucher, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that adds a real beauty to the to the holiday season. But um, yeah, I just, I really love this, particularly for those families who are looking for a way to, to kind of make a contribution and do it together as well. I think there's something really beautiful about doing it together as a, a family unit or a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, you know, when you, when you start multiplying numbers, the, the effect that you can have is pretty unbelievable. I mean, our, our goal is to, our goal is to find 5,000 people um, who will donate their holiday season to, to provide uh, homes for orphans. And uh, if we have 5,000 people donate their holiday season, and if they were each to raise $100, I mean, that's $500,000 that mm-hmm. we're able to, to provide, which um, is enough to, to build three homes. And, and well, it's enough to build, um, pardon me, four homes and, and fund them for two years. Like that's some pretty significant um, change that that you can bring about in in the world when uh, when people start. I, I, it's one of the things I'm most excited about. You know, our becoming minimalist does pretty well, and and there's a lot of people that that stop by, and I'm like, man, if if a half a million people come by in a month, and none of them want to buy stuff <laughs> with their money, what could we do if we're if we're able to you know focus that that resource and, and focus that mindset and, and, and focus it all on one very real problem in the world that nobody seems to be talking about. Uh, I think that we can uh, accomplish a lot of good things together. Absolutely. And like you say, just bringing awareness to it as an issue as well, because I had no idea the stats that you've shared with me, I had absolutely no idea of how dire the situation is in many instances and how few children are actually taken through the process of adoption so i think what you're doing uh you know in terms of fundraising and the the building of the orphanages is wonderful but also just to get people to start thinking about it and an awareness of it right because 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 then as soon as you hear it you're like oh well that makes perfect sense right i mean oh yeah i suppose 25 kids and two or three adults i I see why you run into all these problems, not just with development, but with abuse and, and all sorts of things. Um, and you're like, I just never even thought of it. And, and then you hear it and you're like, that makes, that makes sense. I, I think your idea should work. Why, why wouldn't it? Exactly. And I think it will. You know, I really think that people will, will, will take this idea and run with it and contribute some of what they might have spent on Christmas gifts or holiday gifts or throughout the year. Um, and, yeah, I really think that this is going to, to roll forward and you guys are going to change, change a lot of lives. It's, it's awesome. Uh, is there anything that, people, that you want people to know uh, before, we, before we head off? No, you know, the, the – well, I should say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're uh, we're calling people, um, uh, you know, especially people, uh, especially minimalist, simple living type that that might have the the resources and, and want to direct it towards something. Obviously, the the homes for the holidays campaign is uh, is a big one. We're uh, um, again speaking of just the the power of numbers. We're we're inviting people either to either to start a holiday campaign or just commit ten dollars a month on a recurring basis, which is what the price of a Netflix subscription, but. 
again, if you could find 2,000 people and each to each committing $10 a month, that I mean, that's a quarter of a million dollars over the course of a year that you can use to, to fund and, and keep homes going. So um, I, I would just really encourage people to, to get involved, to, to find out more, um, to, you know, join, you know, hop on the website, hopeeffect.com and, um, you know, see some videos about our strategy and our, and our plan. And if it's something that resonates, then um, we would, we would love your help and um, appreciate the work that, that you're personally doing to, to make it happen. No, um, right back at you because it's you know it wouldn't be happening without you guys. So that's awesome. So head to the hope at not the hope effect, just hopeeffect.com and uh, you guys can can check it out from there. But Joshua, thank you so much for talking to me and um, being my first bonus episode guest. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, the timing is wonderful. Thanks for thanks for letting me talk about this. been another episode of the slow home podcast if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe via itunes and leave us a rating or a review thanks for listening